Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, you are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back for another day of our personal brand of foolishness and insight on the world of sports. You know, we pride ourselves on taking a look at the world of sports with a little bit of common sense. Hopefully, we can make you smile once or twice a day. Hopefully, we are keeping you entertained each and every week. Happy Wednesday to you. Again, we are slowly making our way through another work week. That's not a bad thing. We have made it to Wednesday. It's all downhill from here, aside from tomorrow, then the rest of today, and also Friday will be there. But we're getting there, slowly but surely, we're getting there. Hey, if you would like to let us know how you're doing, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go over to Facebook or Twitter, and you can find us over there. Both of those handles are at Daily Dose Sports. Maybe you have some feedback for the show. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you need some advice. Whatever it might be, we would love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out. Had a couple of questions just recently. Had a few people adding us and following us just recently. If you've got a question, we do want to hear it. We'll always respond to it, and it might or might not make the show, but we will always respond to it. Hey, today on the show, we've got a number of things to get to. Got a few stories coming out in the world of breaking news that I do want to discuss, have a few things moving around in sports that we need to talk about. Plus, I noticed some things over the weekend that we're going to need to talk about. And as we do on many Wednesdays, we do have our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings. Hump Day! You know, we just kind of take a look at something, usually something current, and we have our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings on Wednesday. Got to make sure that you stick around for that. couple things coming out in the world of breaking news. We did have some news come out yesterday in the NFL. New Orleans Saints running back Mark Ingram has been suspended for the first four games of the 2018 season. Apparently, he violated the league's policy on performance-enhancing substances. That's what the NFL announced yesterday. Now, they say that he has known about this infraction for a while, but it was just released. But, you know, I'm trying to think back to last year. And I know he had a solid year last year. But we started to see rookie Alvin Kamara start to take over that job down in New Orleans. In fact, in the postseason for the New Orleans Saints, who did play two postseason games, Mark Ingram averaged like two yards a carry in those two games. What happened there? I mean, and now he's testing positive? I don't know who sold him this stuff, but can he get his money back? Because I don't think it worked. Like Mark Ingram needs to go back to the seller and say, okay, what kind of a deal can we get? Because I was, you know, guaranteed results and I was going to look a lot better. I was averaging two yards a carry last year in the postseason. I don't care if I'm going to get suspended. If I'm going to get suspended for something, if I'm going to get tagged on performance enhancing drugs, there's a key phrase there, performance enhancing. I want to see my performance enhanced. Based on last postseason, Ingram's performance didn't get that enhanced, did it? Might want to ask for a refund on that. Some other NFL news, sort of. It seems that former NFL quarterback Johnny Manziel was hospitalized on Monday after having an adverse reaction to medication. Okay! That's according to TMZ Sports. Apparently, Manziel was admitted to a hospital in Humble, Texas, 
seems like he had a reaction to an adjustment in a prescription medication that he takes for a bipolar disorder. Okay, they say that Manziel is fine and he is headed back home. But let's be honest. When you heard that Jonathan Football had been hospitalized, what did you think it was for? Did you think it was for a legal prescription and an odd reaction? Be honest. You can be honest here. Come on, we're all friends here at The Daily Dust. Be honest. What did you think he got hospitalized for? Craig. What's up? Are you high? I did too. I did too. That's totally what I thought. Johnny Manziel rushed to the hospital for medication. Yeah, right, medication. Oh, no, it really was medication? I know he has aspirations of maybe somehow playing his way back to professional football on some level. Wow. Yeah, that made my heart jump just a little bit. I was like, uh-oh. That's not looking good. Okay. Prescription medication. Nothing illegal. Nothing bad. Nothing like an adverse reaction to, you know, cocaine or something. You don't want one of those. That's going to put a little mark next to your resume. They're not going to call you back if you have one of those. A little bit of news coming out in the world of baseball. If the Baltimore Orioles decide to trade shortstop Manny Machado, the Chicago Cubs apparently have a pretty big interest in acquiring him. I mean, Machado is a three-time All-Star, and Baltimore opted to keep him at the beginning of the season, hoping they could make one more run at the playoffs before he becomes a free agent after the season. But the Orioles are 8-26. and They're horrible. They're one of the worst teams in the American League. Machado's still playing well. He's one of the few bright spots on the team. There are going to be a number of teams. They're going to try to get something from Machado because next year he can just walk anyways. You would think that the Orioles would try to deal him. Hey, the Cubs need a shortstop. Addison Russell has been very average. But it's not just the Cubs. I'll promise you, teams like the Nationals are going to be out there. The Los Angeles Dodgers need whatever help they can get right now, so I would not put it past them to try to make a run at him. Again, it's always kind of the big-name teams, though, trying to make these runs at players like this. Going to talk a little baseball later in the show and why I think one of these teams could end up making a deal and getting Machado. few different reasons that I think this could actually happen. A couple things coming out in the NBA as well. Cleveland Cavaliers swingman Rodney Hood has apologized to general manager Kobe Altman yesterday for declining to enter the Game 4 blowout win over the Toronto Raptors on Monday night. They say Rodney Hood feels awful. He plans to apologize to his teammates and to his coaching staff in person as soon as they get back together after they have a few days off following their sweep of the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference semifinals. Hood refused to check into Game 4 when Cavaliers coach Tyron Lue attempted to sub him in during a timeout with about 7 minutes left in the 4th quarter. Cleveland was up by about 30 at the time. Now he's going to apologize to everyone. He's going to apologize to the fans, his teammates, his coaches. He's already apologized to the general manager. Now, this is a lesson for young players out there. And honestly... This should be part of the rookie symposium when they teach this. You want to get on the bad side of your fans really, really quick. Refuse to go into a game. Like fastest thing to get people angry at you, to hate your guts. Refuse to go into a game. Here's Rodney Hood, a bench player 
Like, we're not looking at Rodney Hood going, well, I mean, dude's an all-star. What's he doing on the bench? He's a bench player, right? The game's getting out of hand. Tyron Lou looks over, Rodney head in, and Rodney Hood goes, no, nah, I'm all good. What's that? What do you mean you're all good? I don't need to go in. I, I'm good. I don't, I don't want to go in. It's too much of a blowout. I only go in when I want to go in. Oh, okay. Now, we remember, those of us who are a little bit older might remember, Scotty Pippen, back in the day with Chicago Bulls, Jordan retires, goes and plays baseball, and late in a playoff game, Phil Jackson draws up a play, not for Scotty, but for Tony Kukoc instead, who hits the game winner, I might add. Scotty, angry about the play call, refuses to go in. I'll tell you this right now. There are still fans in Chicago who can't stand Scottie Pippen for that. It's like the ultimate slap in the face. Rodney Hood, you better apologize to everybody. You better apologize to everybody involved. You better take out a full ad in the Cleveland newspaper apologizing to everyone. I don't know what went through your head, but I know this. If I'm Tyron Lue, I'm never putting you in a game ever, ever again. I won't make that mistake twice. Forget it. I want this guy gone. I don't care if it's a blowout. I don't care if it, Rodney Hood, uh, no, let me look past him. Oh, yeah, next guy, you go in. You want to get on the wrong side of your fans. That is the quickest way to do it. Hey, coming back, we are going to discuss one more breaking news story that I want to get to. And, you know, I was watching some Major League Baseball over the weekend. What? Oh, stop that. I watch baseball sometimes. Anyways, I noticed a few things that are not helping Major League Baseball's product right now. I want to discuss a few of those when we get back. One more story that is coming out in the NBA that I wanted to talk about. It sounds like the Toronto Raptors could be considering firing their head coach, Dwayne Casey, after that disappointing finish to the Raptors season. You know, Casey is 320 and 238, and he's the winningest coach in Toronto Raptors history. Hey, he's had more than twice as many wins as anyone else in the history of that franchise. No other coach in franchise history has a winning percentage even above 500. In his seven years in Toronto, Casey has gotten his team to improve pretty much every single season he's been up there. They just win more games than they did the year before. And this year, they won 59 games. They finished with the top seed in the NBA Eastern Conference. And then they go out and get swept by LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. What's interesting about this is that Dwayne Casey might win Coach of the Year for what he did in the regular season. There's a good chance that he could. Who had Toronto finishing with the top seed in the East? We thought Cleveland. We thought Boston. We thought maybe there would be an outside chance that someone like Milwaukee could sneak in, somebody like that. But no one thought Toronto was really going to finish at the very, very top of the conference, did they? I mean, we weren't expecting that. But you know, that might be exactly what's going to kill Dwayne Casey, is the fact that they did win the conference. If Toronto comes in at like a three or a four seed, everyone says, hey, how much are we really expecting from them? It's Toronto. We know what they're going to do in the postseason. 
But instead, they go out, they win the East, and now there's expectations. Everyone's looking at the Raptors saying, hey, they won the East. Cleveland is not a great team. You have a lot of depth on that Raptor squad. Yes, they're soft inside. And yes, the two best players in Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan are flaky, especially in big games. But they've got a lot of depth. Toronto has some upside. Hey, they ought to go out and at least make it to the conference finals. But then Dwayne Casey goes out and they play Cleveland. And I struggle to understand exactly what their strategy was. From what I can tell, basically what the Raptors decided to do was, let's go ahead and see if LeBron James can just beat us straight up. No double teams, no help. We're just going to see if LeBron can beat us. Yes, he can, because you're not that good. And so he did. And Cleveland gets a few contributions from guys like Kyle Korver, from Kevin Love. And that was enough to beat the Toronto Raptors. I thought, like I said, I thought they were soft inside. I know that they have a few pieces in there, but you could go inside if you wanted to. And as a result, Dwayne Casey might end up losing his job the same year that he wins Coach of the Year. Odd situation up in Toronto. Might have to talk about them a little bit more tomorrow on the show. Okay, so over the weekend, I'm watching some Major League Baseball. What? And stop acting so surprised. I watched some of the Cleveland Indians versus New York Yankees series. And don't ask me why. I don't know why. But I was also watching the Colorado Rockies playing the New York Mets. And I realized that those games might not be the greatest for a case study. But I just noticed a few trends in both games in baseball. Now, every single season, it seems like over the last probably five or six years, we hear baseball saying how they want to make the game more appealing to young fans, right? The average Major League Baseball fan is a 53-year-old white male. For the record, the average NFL fan is 47. The average NBA fan is 37. Put those numbers kind of in the file somewhere. Then it might not sound like a big deal, but it's going to be a really big deal in another 10, 15 years when baseball goes the way of like the eight-track player. But as I was watching these games over the weekend, it just kept coming back to me like, why isn't baseball actually doing anything? Why isn't baseball taking a hard look in the mirror? They say it every single year, every single offseason. They say, we need to speed things up. We need to appeal to a younger fan base, but we never see actual change. And my only guess is honestly, they are too arrogant to think it can happen to them. They think baseball is the national pastime. More fans watch it now than ever. Well, yeah, there's more fans on the planet than ever. There's more sports fans on the planet than ever. But that doesn't mean your numbers are great. They think fans will always come back. But tell that to boxing and tell that to horse racing. Because they thought that too. Here are a few problems that I saw over the weekend in our glorious national pastime. I'm not even sure you can correct all of them. But if I was baseball, I would be looking for a few solutions to a couple of these problems. One of the things that I've noticed and I've said this for a long time, Chicago Cubs first baseman, Anthony Rizzo, he caused kind of a stir earlier this year when he stated what is blatantly obvious. The Major League Baseball season is too long. Now, baseball purists pretended to be offended. (gasps) How dare you? How dare you, sir? How dare you say this season's too long? It's what, like eight, nine months? How could that be too long? 
And then the baseball purists fell asleep, and then we had to wake them up to take their next round of peels. But Rizzo is exactly right. The Major League Baseball season is too long. It's about two months too long. It runs right now from about April until about October. It should be running from like May to September. For one, we just end up canceling and postponing a ton of games anyways, but couldn't they drop from like 162 games, even to the old standard of 154? Oh, I know. The teams don't want to sacrifice the gate that they get at each of these home games. So maybe here's kind of a compromise. What if we dropped the number of games, but we added a couple more wild card single elimination games? You know those games that we actually do watch at the end of the season? I don't know. I'd be doing something because the baseball season is way way too long. Another thing, baseball is just way too slow. I'm not just talking about the 45 seconds between each and every pitch, as brutal as that is to watch, but every single year, baseball says, hey, we're really going to crack down on keeping the pace of the game moving. We're going to hold pitchers to a time clock, and batters can't keep stepping out of the box. How many times have you ever seen any of those rules enforced in a Major League Baseball game? In my lifetime, I have seen a panda bear ride a unicycle at a circus. I've never seen a batter get rung up for a strike because he stepped out to readjust his wristbands for the 13th time. (laughs) By the way, for all of the changes that Major League Baseball says that they've made, remember they weren't going to have the mound visits, they were really going to enforce that whole pitching thing and you, you had to be ready and they had to pitch it when you were ready and all those things so far. Major League Baseball games are up about four and a half minutes per game this year. I don't want to hear about how they've limited mound visits and how they're keeping the game moving. They clearly aren't, and they clearly don't care that much. But here's the thing. Moving on to my third point, it's not just the pace of the pitcher and the batter that are causing people to nod off every few minutes. As painful as that is, we actually have a style of play issue right now, and it's not helping The excitement level, and it might sound weird when I tell you, but do you realize that for the first time in history, there have been more strikeouts than hits so far this year in Major League Baseball? Batters have compiled 6,656 strikeouts so far compared to 6,360 hits for the month of April. Oh, I realize home runs are up. We know all about home runs being up. Because Major League Baseball is cranking out those Super Balls they call baseballs all the time. But think about this. Right now, in Major League Baseball, it is one of two things. It is either home run or it is strikeouts. There's not much in between. So we don't see singles. We don't see many doubles. We don't see many triples. And you know what else we don't see? We don't see base running between pitches. We don't see teams trying to move runners because, like I said, it's either strikeout or home run. Now, I realize this is a little cyclical. Teams are trying to blast every single pitch out of the park. But why? Well, because baseball's playing with a rubber ball from the gumball machine. So, of course, they're trying to. It's way easier. But I'm telling you right now, there will come a time. It'll be coming soon, very soon, when a team decides, you know, we could probably go back to playing like hit and run style. And when they do, it's going to be foreign to our opponents. And we're going to win some games just based on that crazy style. It will come. But here's the problem. Right now, like I said, home run or strikeout, there's nothing else to watch. So as slow as baseball 
Oh, he's this anyways. Home run or strikeout? There's nothing in between. The huge flood of home runs that Major League Baseball has generated is kind of bizarrely making for a more boring game. And then finally, the thing that I noticed over the weekend watching baseball, we have the haves and we have the have-nots in baseball, and it's a pretty huge disparity. Because in watching the Cleveland Indians versus the New York Yankees, and then watching the Mets versus the Rockies, it is clear that there are teams that have a ton of talent, and then there are other teams that you know don't have as much. And I think this is actually a problem that I think eventually the NBA is going to be facing too. They already are in some ways. We're now seeing what might be the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors facing each other for what, the fourth time possibly? I'm watching the Cleveland Indians and the New York Yankees. That series did not look like the Rockies Mets. I mean, the Yankees have a lineup of guys that can crush the ball. Like literally five, six, seven, eight guys that can crush the ball. The Cleveland Indians have four legitimate starting pitchers. They have a bullpen of like six or seven guys that can throw strikes too. But then I watched the Rockies Mets. Rockies Mets isn't a garbage series. They're not terrible teams, but they don't look like those two teams. They're not playing on the same level. Hey, Major League Baseball, like the NBA, has no salary cap. They have a luxury tax. You go over the soft cap, you pay the tax, big deal. Yeah, and that's why we are seeing these teams look so completely different. How many teams in baseball right now could win the whole thing? Maybe five? I don't know that there's that many. Because there's only certain teams that can spend that much money or are willing to spend that much money and really go get the top-notch players. Kind of like the NBA. Hey, baseball has some problems. The fan base is getting older every single second. And every year, we hear about how baseball is worried about it. They want to speed up the game, and then they do the exact opposite. They want to change some things in baseball, make it a little more competitive, and then they don't do anything. They wanted more home runs, but in some ways, home runs might be killing some of this stuff. Hey, we'll see. At some point, baseball will either have to change or they're going to slide back behind hockey and soccer. Don't think it can happen because it can. I'll promise you, some of the kids growing up today might have actually played hockey or soccer, probably less played baseball. Hey, we'll see if at any point, Major League Baseball makes some changes. I kind of doubt it, though. Coming back, Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten retired last week, and when he did, there was some talk about how fast he would be getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I told you it was coming. Is he the greatest tight end ever? Is he in the conversation? We're going to look at a few things statistically in our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings when we get back. Just a quick reminder that if you've got any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite tv shows your favorite movies and your favorite video games mother's day is coming you might want to hurry on this may's loot crate theme it's called role models it features items from arrested development archer deadpool and the punisher but if none of those franchises interest you trust me head over to loot crate because they've got pretty much any franchise you can think of and the best part about ordering from loot crate when you check out Just make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order. Anything we can do to help you save a few dollars is always a good thing. Make sure you stop by LootCrate.com. So last week, it was announced that Dallas Cowboys tight end Jason Witten was going to be retiring after 15 seasons in the NFL. And as soon as it was announced, we started hearing both in the sports media world and among fans 
how he's a Hall of Famer. I have no problem with that. No question, Jason Witten is in that conversation to be in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely agree. And then, like, we started hearing people get all emotional about him retiring. And then they started saying silly things. Like, well, you know he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. It's not just that he's going to get in. He's first ballot. And also, you know what? He might be the greatest tight end ever. Hang on. Slow down. Jason Witten was a very, very good tight end. Again, he's in the conversation, but you might be forgetting some guys if you think he's the greatest tight end ever. You might be forgetting his production when compared to their production. Now, I'm not going to rank the greatest tight ends ever today. I just want to take a look at how many catches they have. Today on our Daily Dose Hump Day Power Rankings, Hump Day. we are looking at the most catches by a tight end in NFL history. So starting off at number five, with 662 catches, we have longtime Cleveland Browns tight end, Ozzie Newsom. Hey, Newsom was one of the premier tight ends back in the 80s. He was such a smart player. And we see, by what he's done in the front office with the Baltimore Ravens, clearly a smart guy. But Ozzie Newsom could find holes. He could find gaps. He was athletic. He could beat you one-on-one. Yes, the Browns came up short in some of the big games. But don't forget that at the time Ozzie Newsom was playing, the Browns were getting into the postseason. They were winning a few games in the postseason. They never quite got over the hump, but Ozzie Newsom was pretty good. He had 662 catches in his career, 47 touchdowns. At number four, with 815 catches, you have Shannon Sharp. Now, the problem for Shannon Sharp was his first few years in the league weren't very productive because, honestly, the Denver Broncos didn't know whether he was a wide receiver or a tight end. And then they finally figured it out. I don't know what he is, but let the defense figure out what he is because he's too fast for a linebacker and he's too strong for a defensive back. Shannon Sharp was a game breaker. He finished his career with 815 catches. He had 62 touchdowns. Pretty good career. Number three on our list is a guy that didn't even play college football. He played college basketball. Antonio Gates was a basketball player in college, but he has used that athleticism to create huge problems for defenders. Not only is Antonio Gates the all-time leader in touchdown catches, he has 114 touchdown catches. He's also sixth for all players in touchdown catches. He finished his career with 927 catches. But man, he's had a bunch of touchdowns. Antonio Gates scores touchdowns. 114 touchdowns, 927 catches. It puts him at number three. At number two is Jason Witten. He had 1,000 152 catches. You know, Witten might be kind of one of those last guys that's like the old school tight end. Like he's a big guy, he's a blocker, and he's also running out catching passes. Hey, he was solid. He was steady, capable of making tough catches. Only had 69 touchdowns though. Wasn't a game breaker. Not going to be talking about what he did in big games or in the postseason, but Jason Witten was very good highly productive during his career. Finally, at number one, and statistically not all that close, you have Tony Gonzalez who finished his career with 1,325 catches. He also had 111 touchdowns. Hey, Tony Gonzalez, he could beat you deep. He could find seams. He scored touchdowns. He could be your possession guy. And he did it for such a long time. He played for 17 seasons. He also did it in Kansas City, 
not always the most pass-friendly conditions, and he did it without a ton of help around him. Tony Gonzalez ranks right up there with the greatest tight ends ever. Now, like I said, is Jason Witten in the conversation for the Hall of Fame? Sure he is. But can we slow down on acting like he's the best ever? Because of the five tight ends that I just named, I would probably rank Jason Witten at the back of that list. And that's not counting other guys that didn't have the catch numbers that these guys had. What about guys like Kellen Winslow, John Mackey, Mike Ditka, Todd Christensen, Dave Casper? Hey, just because Jason Witten retired doesn't actually mean we have to anoint him the greatest tight end ever. He's very, very good. He had a very, very good career. He's a very, very solid tight end. I think Jason Witten is a Hall of Famer. He's just not the best tight end ever. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a pretty good resume to have there. Just not the greatest ever. Slow down on shoving Jason Witten up there with some of the all-time greats. He's just not that guy. Very good career, not the best. Hey, tomorrow on The Daily Dose, we will, of course, be discussing the latest in sports news, see what stories just might be coming out. We will also be taking a look forward a little bit into the NBA season next year. Some interesting things we want to talk about. And as we usually do on Thursdays, we will have some Daily Dose overreactions of the week. You know that we keep getting those Every single week, I think we could just do shows and shows and shows about just sports media overreactions of the week. I have to say thank you so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails, for the texts, for the tweets. It is all very appreciated. If you would like to contact us, feel free. Hit us up at email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.